This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 128, 3, Player Games. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. Oh, Hunter, it's time to kick back and relax with a cold one, you know what I'm saying? Here we are. What are you saying? Oh, I'm just saying it's a beach episode, and you just kind of relax, and you just get to chill Oh, is this on the a beach, beach episode? This is a beach are we episode. having one of our famous beach episodes? Mm-hmm. We are in the That's... middle of tournament season, and I, darn it if you and I don't deserve a break. That's true. We do tend to do a lot of beach episodes whenever the tournament's going. <laughs> Especially if you're looking at our uh, my, I'm looking at the output recently, yeah, and I'm seeing a lot of beach episodes. There was the <laughs> one where we just talked about the semis map. Yep, Alex's profile um, player profile, which was a pre-recorded thing that was supposed to be done like a month early. Yeah, just Hakan versus Mentak, where we just kind of like did free jazz talking <laughs> about Hakan and Mentak. Yeah, I mean, obviously we just we just recently did a, a meaty one for you. We got the Dune, the last of the Dune guys. Yeah, Dune's done. If D- you if you skip our Dune episodes, maybe we should say this as a thing up on the top. Uh that that was it for Dune. Um you will not be seeing yeah. Dune episodes specifically in the timeline anymore. Uh not to say we're done with Dune content. We're not, and we'll have a little bit. We've got like an, an errata thing at the end of this of today's episode, but but yeah, we, we're not doing any more guides. Obviously, we finished all six factions, but we are actually kind of pumping the brakes on Dune, and we're actually starting to gear up to get into root content. So once the tournament yes. is done and a little bit behind us, uh, we're going to start trying to get some root episodes up in the feed. But uh, that that is the last Dune episode you'll see for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, super... It was uh it was it was fun exploring Dune. Um I think I think we both kind of need a a little break mm-hmm. from it. Um but that is not what we are going to talk about today. Today no. we are going to talk about something we have been meaning to talk about for 2 years. <laughs> for uh, yeah, for a long time this episode has just kind of been on the back burner yep. of like I'm pretty sure we have like a really old document in our Google Drive yep. that just says like episode ideas yeah we do <laughs> and this is one of those um and and we pulled this out i want to say up front that we were thinking about trying to slam out the extra guide no, today no. but then we realized we, hate we realized <laughs> we, that we we, ha- well, we collectively uh, realized definitely we word hate it it's so much uh, and we'd i don't rather. think it's a we problem that we have with it um i think it's a you thing but um but we did realize that we have um, some very specific tournament uh, programming coming up. Yeah. Uh, so it makes more sense for us to kind of have a beach episode now, kind of chill a little bit. Yep. Um, also, to be honest, uh, me and Matt's lives have become very Space Cats focused as of late. <laughs> and so it just feels like this is okay yeah, to do. Right. But uh, once the dust settles from the tournament, uh, we are going to get back to that meaty, meaty strategy talk that mm-hmm. you all so desperately love and need. You desperately need it. Yes. Um, um, before we get into today's topic, we should do this announcement too, because I almost forget, always forget to do this at the top. Uh, tournament, tournament is still going on. Uh, there's not much left. Guess what? This 
Sunday, if you're listening to this uh, episode when it goes live, this Sunday is the last game of the semifinals, game number six. If you want to tune into the last semis game, and let me tell you, every semis game has been like as good as last year's finals game almost. I I mean, last year's finals game is is a a monument, but all of these have (laughs) been (laughs) have been very close to that. Um, They've been they've been some of my favorite games ever. Uh, so you do not and and game six is very sure to be up there as well. Game six's yeah. game will be Sunday this Sunday at seventeen hundred UTC, seventeen o'clock. That's five p.m. UTC. And just to give you the little teaser there, uh, that this Sunday's game is between Connor, Ginger, Dead Bob, Boltron, Magi, and Shua. Um, and and many of those players are some pretty pretty wild players with uh, a lot of I would kind of call unexpected plays in their arsenal. Uh, sure. So I'm I'm very stoked for this one. Uh, I think this weekend actually Hunter, I might not be commentating much. I'm gonna try to hop on, but my Sunday is kind of been is not quite uh, is not quite a Space Cats weekend for me. So I'm gonna try to show up to the game, but it'll be a Hunter solo commentary or a Hunter. What? With a guest I'm just learning about this right now. No, we've on talked the about. Show. Now, hang on a second. We've talked about this before, but regardless, I don't of that, remember. We're this. gonna try to get you a co-commentator. Maybe it'll be EJ Aww. or something. I'll, I'll. We'll see what I can do. But I, I was not planning to be a part of this game number six. Uh, but okay. anyways, more stuff on the schedule. Just so you have it. The next weekend, uh, before there's going to be a break in the action from the semis, but there won't be a break in games because we're actually going to do a moderator game uh, as kind of a thank you to all to as many of our moderators as we can fit into a game. We are going to be hosting a game uh, the next weekend. As of right now, it's looking like Saturday, April 11th. We do not have a time set up for that. We haven't really finished scheduling it yet, but you should expect a game sometime that next weekend. It may be a game that ends up um, on that Friday evening instead. We will see. Yeah. It's a little bit up to moderator availability. So we are trying to do a game where probably I will uh, commentate and stream it. Uh, it sounds like Billy uh, might uh, moderate it himself, be, be be the moderator's moderator, and then Hunter's going to play with a handful of uh, the moderators that are available. And then finally, the finals will be on April 18th, which is a Saturday, at 17 UTC, which is the same time as this week's game. So it'll be Saturday at 5 p.m. UTC. That's something like what? T- Wait, noon? Fi- 5 p.m. UTC? UTC. Ooh. 1700 UTC. Oh, yes, yes. Is yes. something like, I don't know, noon central and like 10 a.m. Pacific. I might be getting that wrong. I, have, I don't have the calculator up in front of me. So, anyways, look for that. 1700 UTC. On Saturday, April the 18th is the finals. Tell your friends, tell your grandmother, tell your tell Steve Martin. Remember that old bit? Tell Steve tell Martin. Tell Steve Martin. Or tweet at him. It's been I, a oh while since we reached out to Steve and let Please him know that the finals. Please tweet at Steve yeah. uh, because the thing is, we've kind of had a falling out with Steve, uh, <laughs> mostly because the problem with Steve that we kind of ran into was that Steve is uh, he's kind of a curmudgeon and he <laughs> still thinks that T.I. Uh, second edition yeah, is the, the best, best one and he's wrong yeah. clearly he's wrong yeah um ti's only gotten better with each edition but he's kind of playing that like old school nerd thing yeah where he's just kind of like no you don't really get second edition like i do and he's he actually claims that the strategy cards did make the game worse right, right. um which is 
clearly so wrong. let's prove him wrong everyone tweet at steve tell him the yeah. strategy cards are better and that he should watch the finals beg him please steve <laughs> give fourth edition a chance hashtag please steve please steve <laughs> okay it's time to get into the uh, the actual meat of today's episode which is three player three player games um yeah i think the biggest reason hunter you and i haven't talked about this is we almost never ever ever play three player games yes um, generally speaking um, if we only have three players, we just decide to not play Twilight Imperium. Um, it, yeah. I think that is kind of the general vibe is four players you you sort of famously detest and three player. Oh, yeah. I, I like three player more than I like four player. But it's also sort of like if you're if you've only got three players, maybe just play something different. Maybe TI yeah. is not the game, um, especially nowadays with Root. I, I mean, I would. I would almost every time decide to play three or four games of Root at three players, then I would play a game of Twilight Imperium at three players. And that's just yeah. because I really love three-player Root. So, um, yeah, that's that's a tough call to make. But, t- t- you know, three-player does exist. So we want to go over kind of the pros and cons and just, like, what makes it a, a different animal. Maybe kind of explain why it is that we we would make that choice to just not play at three players instead of play at three players. But also we want to offer up some advice. I mean, obviously this show never talks about the strategy of TI from a three player perspective. So it's worth kind of outlining those differences. Yeah. Um, before, before we actually get into the nitty gritty of three player, um, I wanted to ask you, Matt, what is your, um, do you have a new updated, uh, list as far as your your preference as far as player count goes and what does that sound like now so I just think that'd be a fun in conversation the, the, the last time i even thought about player count preference it was actually in just ti3 like i've never really sat down and thought about it in ti4 in ti3 mm-hmm. i literally had a like one day sat down with it and like kind of like ran the numbers on like what what all are my qualifications and my old list actually used to be Five at the top. My favorite was five player games. Yeah. And then six and then three and then four. Yeah. Um, yep, yep, yep. Or maybe it was four and then three in TI three. No, it was it was three and then four. Yeah. So five, six, three, four. Um, and now the only difference I would make is uh, I, I mean, six is clearly the best. So six, five, three, four is pretty, pretty obviously my my favorite especially because we do the weird stuff like use hyperlanes warp zone you know tiles when you when you add those things in a lot of the negatives of these lower player counts go away for from for me the things that i dislike about lower player counts so when you when you do that it fixes a lot of the issues and um yeah i i, I tend to prefer them now with three player and we're going to talk actually quite a bit about what you can do to three player games to change things up later um but I, I actually have very, very little interest in playing three player if it's standard map build three player. Um, right. Basically, at the end of this or towards the end of this episode, we're going to talk about a map that I made a year ago, over a year ago, uh, called maybe the, two years ago. No, it's it's I'm looking at Reddit and it says posted one year ago. It says July 18th, 2018. So actually um, just. Yeah. OK, no, almost. So three months, four months shy Four months shy of uh, two years ago. Could you give it to me in hours, actually? Uh, yeah, really sure. sure. It was, how long uh, ago it was. It was July 18th, 2018 at 1409. So 2 p.m., 209 <laughs> and 36 seconds is exactly what time I posted the Trident. Wow. It very, says it on very, Reddit. I don't know why I'm that's glad. information we need to have. No, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, 
So I'm, I'm now going to give my updated player count yeah. uh, tier list. Um, so uh, in first place, we have six players. Anyways, uh, mm-hmm. so stuff we want to hear, stuff we want to talk about Hunter today. Just, it's so funny how how mean you are about that. Like, you literally <laughs> won't play the game if it's not a six-player game in any... Hey, in, no, you got me to... I played it today. Okay, yeah, man? I mean, that's... Well, I, that's... I, I, there are very specific circumstances under which we decided to play a three-player game today. Uh, and, right. And, and, and I think it's... The, the reasons we played it are actually one of our first pros. So let's dive into it. Uh, yeah. I think the number one reason you should play a three-player game is because you are teaching new players. Yeah. Uh, three-player game, especially on like the standard map build uh, for three-player game, which actually we should kind of outline. If you're looking in the rule book, the three-player game is lacking essentially nine tiles. Uh, really, it's six uh, normal tiles and three home systems are missing from the map. So it's slightly smaller, but not really that much smaller. Um, mm-hmm. And so a three-player game on that map, all of the players are very, very spread out. Um, it's not very much time in between turns because it's only three players. It's always getting back to the, you're always getting back into the action very, very fast. So it's a really, really good way for new players to learn the game. They have lots of room to expand. They can take all kinds of planets and they're not worried about getting attacked very often. And they're, they're doing stuff often enough that they're getting more familiarity with all of the different mechanics in the game in a much less high pressure scenario. Here is, I think, actually the biggest one, bigger than all the other things that Matt has said before. In fact, those are minor points compared to what I'm about to throw out. Uh, uh, but uh, socially, it is easier to navigate. Yeah. There are only two other people there. They might be your closest friends in the world. They might be your mother and father. You know, <laughs> it could be... It could be it could be whatever, you know, um, and it just feels like there's going to be less pressure on you socially because you have less other people yeah. uh, to kind of meet uh, and understand what you're trying to learn a board game. Learning a board game like Twilight Imperium, I've seen it so many times people learn where you can feel there's the pressure of them to fit this gigantic board game mm-hmm. into their head, but there's also the pressure of them to be like to kind of click into it with all these other people. Yeah. And if they're the only one learning and there's five other people at that table yeah. that already know how to play the game, that pressure is, I think, a lot higher than it is if it's if it's just you and uh, two of your friends right. and you guys are just trying. Really, the only goal is to kind of like get this person up to yeah. steam. Definitely. Uh, up to speed. Uh, I will say the only other argument I have against that, it's not even really an argument, but but socially, the only other issue that within that is if you... Uh, make one of the other if if you do something that that you know makes one of the other players mad you've just made half of your opponents mad right <laughs> in any That's situation so that so there's there's a little bit of that pressure of like okay if i decide to attack hunter that is that's kind of it. Like that that right. will be sort of the the great war <laughs> that we I will agree. be starting. So, so so on a teaching level and a social level, yeah. I think it's easier. On a meta level, oh, man. it's actually harder. Right. So there's there's kind of a new player experience player dichotomy. Right. And and be, the big thing though even within that is with new, within the new player idea is I mean that meta already exists for new players of the like I don't want to attack so like that just feeds into it even more so you're really not doing anything negatively to have that be an aspect of it they're already terrified to attack each other and new players uh, uh, those those plebes those grounds people (laughs) 
newer players, they always they're oh they're so emotional and they go to war, you know, right. and they decide and it's all dramatic and there's no <laughs> there's no there's ultimatums and there's no going back from this. Uh-huh. Uh, so so the fact that three player kind of already has that baked in right. at least means for the experienced players, uh, largely the meta will be kind of similar to I think what people are used to yeah. at three players. Yeah. Um, so the other thing is in in my list I put three player above four player. Um, and so what we're talking, I mean, within that it's really, it's six player versus five player and then it's three player versus four player and six and five are obviously better than three and four. And so then what puts three above four for me, it literally all comes down to only six strategy cards get picked. So in three and four player games, you all pick two strategy cards and we talked about this in the four player episode, but picking two cards uh, is cool for again for learning uh, you you get more interaction with strategy cards as a player you get to like mess with stuff but my issue is an eight player it is just not a, a with every single strategy card getting picked there's no risks that you can take every strategy card will be played every round which means like almost too much stuff happens right um right you said you said eight player but i think you mean oops, when yeah, all, eight, eight with eight. eight strategy cards get picked in the four right. player um so in yes. three in three player it's only six which is essentially the same math uh you know it, it works out to be the same as a six player game so if anything you see kind of the same strategy cards in the game obviously there's some different play that goes on in three player but um you know five player you're missing one which means everyone actually feels starved four player everyone feels like they're getting too much so uh, if anything, like three player almost if if the meta stuff in three player wasn't as big of a deal, I might like three player more than five player. Um, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of other considerations. But from the strategy cards levels, the fact that just like normal six are getting picked, you end up with Diplo and Imperial sitting out a lot round one or something like that. Um, it, it just feels really standard and good. So I, I that is that's definitely one of my favorite aspects. Of three I player. would say it's definitely an improvement on the four player problem mm-hmm. of, you know, every time getting to count on all the strategy cards getting picked. Um, I will say, I think the reason I kind of harp on the these lower player counts even more is that I think one of my favorite aspects of, of the game is uh, it's strategy phase time. What strategy card am I picking? Mm-hmm. Uh, that decision that is commitment. to me a key aspect of what is enjoyable about i mean it's literally called the strategy phase yeah. y'all um <laughs> you know it's a pretty big part of the game yeah. i mean the, yeah the weirdest game. part about three player is the fact that like well, we kind of felt this we all kept talking about it in our game today but like the speaker token just doesn't even feel that big of a deal because sure. yeah yeah you're only like you at worst your third pick um yeah. it's maybe a bit bigger deal in like who gets the second string right fourth pick to me is a bigger deal than the fact that you got first pick of strategy yeah. card in in three player. Who's going to get um, technology and also politics or also leadership or something? I mean, politics is a bad example, but like who's going to get two powerful cards is way more significant than like, well, I still got trade and then, okay, well, I guess I'm getting construction. Like, yeah, there, that's where it matters is in that fourth, fifth and sixth pick. The first three, it's just like, yeah, everybody's getting something good. Right, right. I, I agree. I think like, that what can get weird with this though is that and I, I i hope i'm not skipping ahead here too much but i feel like the potential for the tech strategy card mm. to just go bananas yeah. is a little weird i i mean i i just feel like the the flow of tech in the smaller um 
these smaller player counts uh, is just so wackadoodle that it can, I think, make any faction feel a little bit broken. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like in the game we played today, I kind of lucked out and was able to get tech more than I think I should you have. You got it the first three rounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't you? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So you were just um, teching like, like mad. And just that potential to double tech uh, that many times is, uh, that's I think that's kind of scary. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would say it does feel, it does feel like you get less with politics. Um, but if there's a hot strategy card on the market, yeah. you're going to have to take politics regardless. Right. I mean, like that's just the only yeah, way. Yeah. That, that was something we were actually kind of struggling with is, is round one. No one ended up taking politics. Cause the way I, I was basically the, uh, the person who could have picked politics and I looked at it and I was like, I'm still third pick. That doesn't feel that bad. Like, I don't feel like I need politics. I would rather get some of this mm-hmm. other stuff. Um, and so, uh, because of that, though, I was then third pick the next round. You know, b- politics not getting picked is kind of a big deal. And so, yeah, I go back and forth on if how much basically worse politics is as a strategy card in three player. I think it definitely yeah. is worse, but maybe I was selling it short in our game and should have been taking it actually a bit more seriously, um, well, especially th- because of that fourth, fifth, sucks. and sixth thing. Yeah, yeah, I I don't think it's great. Yeah, um, I but I think it's a necessary evil to kind of. Uh, fix that problem mm-hmm. because so like um, it becomes more about denial way. than it does about getting the thing that you want and almost need. yeah like uh, so what I feel like the the potential in these small player count games uh, and especially in three player is for a player to take a single strategy card over and over and over and yeah. just kind of rack up too much in that one um, that one yeah. tree of the game that right. one branch of the game uh, in a way that just kind of breaks the game wide open in a way that you would never see in six player. Yeah. I mean, we have such a good example in our game today of like, I was ghosts and I was getting tech way too quickly yep. um, and way too much. And then uh, uh, Jolnar, our Jolnar player today was taking trade over and over and had E-Res siphons. Oh my gosh, so so their money. trade good economy was what <laughs> a comedy uh, economy was just blasting off like it was just going it was straight to the moon you know with it (laughs) and he had like 15 trade goods in like maybe the second round or maybe even the first round which i I realize there are some wackadoodle games where but i mean 15 trade goods and you only have two other people to trade yeah exactly you know what i'm saying like this isn't like you know hardcore tts meta where like somebody's like finding a way to get Mm -hmm. you know all these little oh well you owe me this trade good this trade good this is two people that you're working with and he's still two people so much two people yeah yeah um, yeah, so all this is, I think, to say, and this is especially because you have two strategy cards in general, but like the, this, this ability to like combo up strategy cards makes three player games play wicked fast, like exponentially faster than other player yes. counts. Yes. Three player games, even compared to four player games, are wildly faster to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that comes from a couple different areas. Like Hunter's saying, um, you kind of have more opportunity to like pull off these crazy maneuvers, but also just in the fact that you are picking two strategy cards means you are ramping up your economy that much faster. I mean, think about the idea of the decision to do tech, warfare, politics, 
and construction, something like that. Like, oh, I want to do those four things this round. Well, in this situation, you could have two of those and you only have to do two secondaries. Whereas right. in a five or six player game, you're going to have to do three secondaries. You're not even going to have enough command cowards. It's not even con a consideration. Well, yeah, if, if you want to have a round like that in six player, you're going to have to take leadership and spend every command right. counter you got. Right. Basically. The, the, the way the, the amount of stuff that you get factors into a million different avenues of the three-player game not only do yeah. you get more planets because there's more planets on the map those more planets are also feeding into you need uh less command counters because again you have one you have one of the strategy cards that other people would have otherwise had and like you're getting more command counters so you just have more of literally every single thing which means you get into the mid game almost immediately really like round yeah. one yeah. finishes and you're kind of like oh I think I'm online. Like, I think I'm ready to, to go into the mid game here. Definitely by the end of round two, everyone is fully, fully into the mid game. Um, yeah. things just and I'm going to say that this is cool. Like, I think it's interesting um, that this is an aspect of it of like, if you don't really like the early game, you know, that the fact that it kind of skips the early yeah, game, right. uh, that, that might sound really cool to some people. Now it also kind of sounds like a little lame to me too, though, because as a player, there are, times where i kind of love the early game like all right how do i figure out how yeah. to get this going right. like that challenge i think is really interesting and i would say especially in our game today that that challenge was basically non-existent yeah. like it just wasn't it was no big I, mean, I was playing as ghost which is definitely a faction that you know occasionally runs into some problems yeah um especially command counter economy wise like there's a lot of different things that i think i would normally be you know, normally be like all right i gotta get like it just didn't seem like it was hard for me to get um, command counters right. and tech and plastic. Right. I was doing well in all three. And when I play Ghost, I'm there. One of those is always struggling. hanging on by a yeah. thread. Always. I wasn't. I was playing extra and I was still struggling. However, by round three, were we in round three? Yep. In mm -hmm. round three, I got all sixteen command counters on my sheet. <laughs> yeah. I had every yeah. single command counter I could possibly have in the game. Um, so yeah, things get weird in three player, suffice it to say. Um, and, and we, this is actually, we, we've been talking, we've been kind of specifically referring to this one game and it's, it's not always going to be the best example because we didn't even finish this game. It really was just a teaching game, um, to teach this new player that we had. Um, but also we were playing on my Trident map that we're going to talk about in a bit. And that actually, um, in a few different ways plays out very differently than a normal three-player game. But regardless, right. this speed is definitely an, uh, an aspect no matter how you're playing a three-player game. Just the sheer fact of playing three players means that you're going to get stuff going much, much faster. Um, for that reason, and we'll, we'll maybe talk a bit more about this idea. Actually, let's just talk about it now. I think that you should play three-player games 14 points, always. I think sure. you should always, yes. unless yes. literally the goal is to like play Twilight Imperium in three hours. Like if that's the whole reason your group is doing it, that's possible in three player. If your group is like experienced, it's not, I mean, if you're all, if you are teaching, that's not going to happen. Um, but, but if you're, if you're just like three experienced players that want to knock out a quick game and like practice some strategies, um, you can do that. But I think three player was born to be a 14 point game mainly because we've been talking about like all the stuff gets online so much faster the game is more of a race in three player games the game is mm -hmm. so much more about uh just beating everyone else to 10 points than it is about stopping other players from getting to 10 points again there's only two other people at the table anyways are you going by you expending your effort to stop one other player you are very very much only allowing the third player to get ahead 
That doesn't yeah. in, in six player that other player like me messing with my neighbor on my right means my left neighbor has an opportunity to do stuff. But hopefully their left neighbor does something about them. In three player, that's gone. If I deal with Hunter, Phil gets ahead. Phil will do better. So then it's that like, decision to do anything about that kneecapping choice is kind of thrown out the window. Right. Um, it's kind of like, I don't know if you guys remember from, uh, there was a very good post um, around this time last year, right before um, the finals of our first tournament, where somebody wrote a post about um, brown hatting or like the that the oh, yeah, brown yeah. hat bla- player will, uh, will win the tournament. And I kind of feel like three player is kind of a good like a uh, reference point for that type of thinking. Yep. Because when you have three players, if two of them go, you know, hardcore to war in Twilight Imperium, to me, that means most likely that other player is going to win. Yep. Unless we're in the late game. Right. Um, if, if two players cancel each other out, then that one player that did not have to fight. I mean, I remember actually, Matt, the very first three player game we played of TI3, mm-hmm. we learned that. Do you remember? Yeah. It was me, you and Sean. Yep. And I was playing as the L1. It was the first time I ever won with the L1. Yep. And you and Sean had put too much pressure on each other. Yeah. And you, you, ha- I forgot what the play was, but yeah. you. I tried to pull off this... some play. It failed. And then you did my play. <laughs> you right, copied my I, play and right. w- swept the floor with us. And it was easier for me to do it, yep. though, because I had not been fighting Sean all yep. game. I had more plastic. I had more money. So it was like the second I saw what you were trying to do, I was like, oh, this will be much easier for me to do because mm. I haven't been fighting Sean, right. basically. Yeah. Yeah, so so that that I mean, in some ways, that meta thing is part of the problem with three player, right? Sure. Is is that it's just so hard to deal with another player because it's such a commitment and it's such a choice to do so. But that is why I kind of advocate for three player games being where you get weird and and experiment. So yes. like, do yes. fourteen point and do your weird strategies. I don't think you should play three player to like. Okay, let me perfect my two C four I and let me get my blue blue green green like that. You are kind of wasting your own time if you're doing that in yeah, a three player game. I agree. Like that's just not as much fun. The the thing I was thinking of earlier is like, man, three player fourteen point seems like the perfect opportunity to give War Sun Mentac a try. Sure. There's plenty yeah, of yeah. time. You have plenty of space to make the to pull that off and to like get the tech all online. Uh, and and it just seems like the the f- most fun way to do that. And and what a better way to like ramp up the entertainment value of a three player game since you're lacking all of that social interaction. You get to do all the weird stuff that normally you're kind of held back from in a Twilight Imperium game. I would extend this to even just like not even just like wacky tech paths, but also just like play factions you wouldn't normally play like obviously this has been mentioned before but we haven't talked about this in a long time i feel like but winu obviously has mm-hmm. much higher win r- rate at a yeah. lower player count yeah. um because i get in, a lot in, of at the- three and four player winu is a good faction he's like yes. one of the best factions <laughs> i would say even specifically in three player it's probably better in four I don't, i'm not sure actually i haven't looked at the numbers in a bit but like there are some very obvious reasons for why winu is like almost uh, unstoppable in three player if you can do stuff if, if you do stuff right like people are further away from stuff maybe someone else can still beat you to mechatol but like you can probably still build up no one's gutting your home system early there's just all these little factors that feed into like dang win is a lot better extra can be a lot better muat is better like all the things that are afraid of early aggression instantly ramp up are way better right and i feel like good factions 
basically just like either stay the same or maybe even get a little bit worse. We've talked about b- before the episode, we talked about how Hakan and Jolnar feel like, you know, they're still, you know, the, the beefy boys we sure. know of them as. Yeah. But they have less options because there's just less people, right. you know? There's right. less people to sell research agreement to. There's less people for Hakan to trade with in general. Yeah. So, like, it does feel like it kind of equalizes or brings brings. Yeah. These I mean, one of your abilities is Hakan center. becomes completely irrelevant, right? I mean, outside of round one. So, the, the idea that Hakan can trade with anybody without being neighbors, round one, that's a big deal for Hakan because in round sure. one, yes, it might be yes. difficult to become neighbors with anybody for in, in any normal game because you're so far apart in a normal three-player game hakan has that advantage but then after that like you're going to be neighbors with the other two players all game that that is right. not an ability that they even have anymore yeah yeah that's that's silly that's basically pointless um yeah and i mean uh that also goes double for you know how are they going to sell trade convoys yeah like trade convoys was already kind of a dubious yeah uh, promissory note but it's basically worthless right. in three right. or four player yeah um, so it's kind of interesting that you see the game as a whole balance out a bit more. And I can definitely see. So people kind of actually we get comments every once in a while where people are like, I wish you play like I wish you guys talked about four and three player games more often. There's a huge percentage of the TI audience that almost exclusively plays four or three player games because they can't get the group size together. Right. They're just in an area where there aren't enough players or whatever. And mm-hmm. and I, I do feel bad that this podcast kind of so often uh talks from a perspective that leaves them behind right that that right, our strategies right. don't necessarily apply to them um yeah. so and, and but i think the biggest way you could think about um the stuff we talk about is when we talk about the best factions and the worst factions you can take that list and squeeze it together condense it all it's like just it all gets tighter uh in the right. middle um and and if anything that is a yeah that's a, just like a huge knock in its favor um for, for the game just it, it's essentially more balanced um if you ignore the fact that like the strategy card stuff gets a little buck wild yeah you know one pro i would like to bring up um for three players is that and i don't know if we've mentioned this yet it's kind of a pretty deep take um that i've got but it's you only need three people <laughs> so that's actually like less people well, less people it's easy to get um, that amount that number and of like people. let's say you're in a situation where you couldn't leave your house like i don't know what that would be but like <laughs> let's say you can't leave your house for some reason i don't know if it's like let's say it's too hot outside can't go out too hot you'll get tired and sleepy yeah um so it's too hot outside can't go outside but maybe three people live in your house mm-hmm now you can all play Twilight Imperium. Finally. You know what I mean? Wow. Don't need to try and get six people together. And let's say actually for some reason it's sort of illegal to get six people together because <laughs> it's so hot outside. Like I don't I'm not <clears throat> I don't know why you're laughing so much. It's just like just kind of a, an interesting little thought experiment. I mean, we would never live through times like that. Like that's that's crazy. Obviously, we can go out whenever we want. This is America. <clears throat> That's yeah. not true. Please stay inside. Please wash stay your inside. hands. Please play uh, three player t- games. This is don't our PSA. Touch your face. Don't Do touch not anything touch your face. Uh, don't yeah. touch your flagship and then let your flagship touch your face. Okay. <laughs> Don't do if that. you're playing three-player TI, only play with the people that you do live with. Do not go play TI right. with other people. Right, right, And the people you live with are fine because obviously there's no getting around that. But uh, you do not invite their people stuff. over. Yeah, you've um, already touched all their flagships. Speaking of social yours. distancing, let's talk about another <laughs> con. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, cool. You are so 
far away from the other players on the board. Your home systems are just like a billion miles away from each other. Yes. Gravity Drive is now the most important tech that anyone can get, and getting unit upgrades that enhance uh, movement is a is like the most important thing, and this feeds even more into the idea that you can't stop another player because their home system is on just like the other side of the board. You do not have a neighbor whose home system is three hexes away unless the wormholes are doing really crazy stuff. But generally speaking... Everybody is so far away from each other that you kind of have no control over what they're doing. Like they're just gonna, yeah, they're going to yeah. do this stuff. Their little pie slice, their their slice is so much more defended than it would be in any other game type. And and to me, that's boring. Now, there's yeah. lots of people that that's like the whole they love Cold War Twilight Imperium. Cold War Twilight Imperium is like where the game shines for them, and I get that, and so I can see this being a pro for some for some people. But for me, this is just like well, we didn't do anything, and then somebody won the game after four or five hours. Yeah, and I think I think this like feeds into the idea that I think kind of takes away some of the fun for me, which is that it feels like positioning. Um, not to say it doesn't matter at all, but it feels like there's a lot of wiggle room yeah. as far as any positioning is concerned. Um, like filling out your slice. I don't know. One of the like, one of the hallmarks of like a great TI player is the creative way that players will um, fill out their slice in a way that is uh, strategically sound, but also accomplishes the goal of getting as many resources and influence as, as quickly as yeah. possible. Yeah. Um, and it feels like because in these smaller player counts, you're so far away from your opponent, if you do it wrong, who cares? You got plenty of time to do it, yeah. to fix it, you know <laughs> right. what I mean? Before the other player can do anything about this, you know, you leave a gap, well, nobody can get there. You know what I mean? You yeah. leave your home system open, doesn't matter because by the time they get in range, like you can fix it. Yeah. So you just have a lot of like, oh, I, I screwed up, but I'm not gonna get punished for that. And we're kind of used to a more cutthroat speed when it comes to... Uh, TI of like, well, you have to be careful about your decision-making process because yeah. if you mess up, you can get punished. And it just feels like, especially in the early game, there's either no window for punishment or um, it's just uh, there's a lot of wiggle room right. there. So I don't know. Right. I, I think that takes some of the fun out of it for yeah. me. Another thing, too, this is something that I think is just is pretty normal with Hunter and I, which is that we, we actually like Twilight Imperium to be a game of like kind of tough decisions. Um, yes. to not quite feel like you have enough to accomplish all the stuff you have to do. Again, there are people out there where it's like, oh, that, that sucks to me. I hate playing that way. I want to play like I have all the options. That's why right. I play Jolnar. That's why I play four player. Uh, and one of those things that also feeds into that is the command counter economy in a three player game is out the window. Um, it is, we've talked already about the strategy card side of it, where you're spending less command counters on secondaries because there's always at least one more, um, card that you have in your own hand that somebody else doesn't have but not to mention because you have more planets it is highly likely you have more influence which means you are often able to buy more command counters off of leadership so then you're doing more per round I mean that is fun and cool but to me it feels a little bit too comfortable for what Twilight Imperium is normally to me um, so, so I, I won't even list this as a pro or a con but it is something you have to think about differently is like everybody's got more stuff more ability right, to do right. stuff. Uh, and again, because you're not able to do as much directly to your opponents, their ability to do more stuff only makes them faster at scoring objectives on the board. Um, right. So you just have to be 
it is all about the race because nobody is hit inhibited in any way, basically. So you are yep. all just sprinting as fast as you can for victory. Who can build the biggest, fastest engine? Yep. Basically, yeah. that that is what it feels like the game is until you get to the late game, and in which case it kind of starts to feel like normal TI, just like normal TI if like everybody had yeah. a perfect early and mid game, yeah. Um, and then it's time to you know to actually try and stop each other from winning. But I feel like that kind of um, the kind of like mid game, like all right, who's doing better? We should kind of try and slow them down. Right. I feel like that kind of nuance I haven't really seen. Um, thus far and yeah. I don't think I, I I feel I have reason to believe that it is not really possible because there's a not an, there's not enough players to kind of offset uh, the, yeah. the basic pr- problem that you cause for yourself when you stop another player from doing anything yeah um, in DI so um, I guess kind of the last thing I want to get into here I feel like we've covered a lot of just like the, the the bigger differences but I do think there's some notable differences between um, strategy cards in yes and i would really get specific on three player with this because four player strategy card thing is like a whole other i mean we did that we, we had that conversation so in three player super specifically um we already talked a lot about politics and how politics feels worse um yes i want to talk about a strategy card that feels a lot better <laughs> and that is construction um yes so construction is super interesting to me because um i think diplo is about at the same spot in terms of how good or bad it is, meaning not great. Um, and if anything, I think Hunter, you you brought up this point to me before the show, but like because everybody's got more planets, everybody probably has a really great Diplo planet. Like everybody has a planet worth using the secondary of Diplo on, which makes yeah, Diplo I mean, even I mean, more dangerous. Right, right. And I'm talking specifically round one. Okay, yeah. I think D- Diplo is just as bad as it is in six player, if not worse, because the likelihood. Um, I don't know. It's so. This is the type of stuff that we talk about so regularly on the show that if we were math people, we mm-hmm. would have really good words to describe <laughs> what we're talking about, but we're not. So we have stupid, dumb, dumb words. Yeah. Um, but so you have the same amount of tech skips available, right. right? But you only have three players. So the likelihood, you get what I'm saying, of one of those players yeah. having, or maybe two of those players, or maybe even all three of the players that are playing having access to pretty cool planets with tech skips that are going to allow them to get some pretty weird tech that they shouldn't have early that they yep. will now have is I think very high. Yes. Now there'd be a cool math word I could use there that I think would have communicated that all a lot more effectively, <laughs> but instead I had to ramble for about two hours yeah. to explain all of um, that. So because Diplo is sort of in the same spot and politics is a bit worse and, uh, and like everything else sort of falls in these places, I think construction gets quite a bit better not only to just the fact that because there's like bigger gaps you have more spaces that you're going to be able to plop pds down and like that not be like a thing that hinders you in a six player game you really only have like three tiles that you're really really working with maybe four tiles that are like these are where my planets are and on any turn if construction pops and you're supposed to do the secondary you're like "Ah, but i was going to move my stuff out of this on this turn but in three player you have way more like planets without ships above them or without meaningful ships above them maybe you've just gummed it up with a destroyer or something but i think construction even as a secondary but especially as a primary gets up uh in the books a lot higher because 
uh, you also need a forward dock way more in three player. Again, you're right. so far away from everyone. You probably need that space dock like adjacent to Mechatol or out on some crazy equidistant or something like you have to get out there on the map, which means you're going to have to do the primary or secondary of construction. So I think the not so great construction strategy card goes up quite a bit in my book. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I feel like, what do you think about Imperial? I think round one, Imperial is in the same spot, uh, which which just means, what, what's nice about all of that is Diplo and Imperial still suck round one, which means mm -hmm. because you're only doing six strategy card picks, everything else is about the same. Um, right. Then for, for the rest of the game, I mean, Imperial is kind of a scary thing because like everybody is almost always definitely drawing secret objectives and the secret objective deck is way more to comb through so imperial yeah. becomes a lot more important if you're trying to find if you're trying to win the race you need to get the easiest secret objective you possibly can because somebody right. else has an easy secret objective you can guarantee that so if you're well first so secret many of them are easy yeah like that's the thing is like especially uh, on three a lot player. of yeah, stuff exactly. is easier yeah yeah so so I think yeah, taking the Imperial of or, like, oh, I got to throw this mm -hmm. away so I can get another one. That's not in a normal game. That would be like, oh, that's so punishing. Mm -hmm. But in in three or four player, it feels like, oh, this is doable. Yeah. Yeah. And you and you got to get going on that. And the last strategy card I think worth talking about is uh, leadership. We talked about the command counter thing. Leadership's in that weird position of you need it less, but you do need it to be picked still right right somebody's yeah, going to have to true. take leadership but leadership is probably way more often like the fifth or sixth pick um just because and, and this will i think vary depending on how your group de decides to feel about politics again like we had issues with politics early and then by that mid game we were like oh shoot we need to be paying attention more attention to politics and as soon as that happened leadership became this like i don't really need leadership um, right. The three free ones aren't that big of a deal because I can definitely afford plenty of command tokens without it. But then, at you know the the last couple people to go look at the rest of the strategy cards and go, I definitely need leadership to at least be picked. So I I think there's a lot of rounds, of games where you see leadership as a first pick, um, and in three player I don't think you see that until the end game and then leadership becomes this really terrifying screwed up strategy card because you can pick leadership and then also pick imperial and leadership gives you the high initiative order so you go first and then pop imperial on your first action to win the board game twilight imperium yeah so leadership yeah. becomes this really broken card in the late game uh that uh I I think is kind of scary it's like a last round crazy thing which makes penultimate round politics a big deal right where that speaker right. token in is going into the last round is a big big deal and then like the imperial block becomes critical if the first person takes leadership uh you have someone else has to take imperial if the first person takes imperial somebody has to take leadership just to try to right. do anything about them yeah so one thing i want to say uh as like a kind of pre-errata or like an, a counter to some errata is that uh just to kind of spell this out um, because we've kind of danced around this idea, I think, for the entire episode. And I just want to make it abundantly clear. Um, I feel, and I, I think Matt is on the same page uh, here, that while um, at three and four player, uh, you're given a lot more in raw resources. Mm -hmm. um, and you have more things you can do with those resources. I think overall, it doesn't even out. Like if someone were to say like, well, here's the thing. Like, yeah, you get more stuff. But you also have more things 
you you can do more stuff with those things so it kind of evens out. Now, I think you're given more resources yeah. than you need right. on average in three player. Yes. Like that I think that's that's part of what we're talking about here is like your command counter economy can get completely out of whack in a way that doesn't feel I think uh super solid. Um and I think a lot of that is just due to the fact where like you just end up with so much stuff. You're you're doing well in tech, you're doing well. Mm-hmm. You're not you're not you're not meant to in in six player so often uh with most factions, not all. Um uh looking at you Jolnar and Hakan. Uh <laughs> With most factions, you're not really supposed to be crushing it in like every track. Yeah, I've got great resources, great influence, great command counters. I've, my, my tech is awesome. Like, yeah. and it feels like in three player, it can kind of get like that. Um, so, Matt, I wanted to ask you, mm-hmm. why then did you design a map specifically for three player? And on top of that, what maybe are the goals of this map yeah uh trident is what it's called so and, and this and will for be, the record i love it this will be in the episode description it's f- so funny that we're doing this now because literally like we already said this map is freaking over a year and a half old mm-hmm. um so much so that you can look at it and it's like tts is like this old i don't know everything's just old and broken um but um so trident is uh my attempt at a three-player map that uh has the balance of a six-player game. It's the exact same theory behind using a hyperlane in a five-player map, right? Which is just to basically remove one of the pie slices so everyone has a a plant or a tile to the left of their home system, to the right of their home system, and two on the path to Mechatol, and then they have a tile that is an equidistant between their neighbor, and then everybody has that, basically, right? So right. by using three warp zones, you create uh, this this three player map where now we've just removed like half the stuff we've been talking about today. <laughs> right. You are now right. very close to all of uh, the other players. Uh, I mean, you're as close as you always are to all the players in a in a six player game of TI. But with that decision comes this huge issue, <laughs> which is that uh, in doing that, you have actually removed 15 total tiles from the game from twilight right. Imperium. by by right. putting in three hyperlanes you have removed so many tiles that if you were to just do a normal map build the game could become unplayable um by that i mean like many objectives could become impossible when you remove 15 tiles it's very possible that there aren't even four hazardous planets available or definitely the stage twos that were already very difficult very very much become impossible you cannot get enough of a certain trait or of a tech skip so i wanted to make a three-player map that played like six players but had all of the stuff that you needed and also didn't use any broken like digital only stuff now i mean hyperlanes by their very essence are a homebrew mechanic but right. I've never felt like they were homebrew because, again, and we've said this before, but hyperlanes were an officially released thing during TI three. So hyperlanes right. were—they were come up. They, they had come up. Oh, geez, I can't talk. Uh, Fantasy Flight came up with hyperlanes. We just right. changed the way they look as a community, made them look cleaner and better, and turned them into a homebrew thing. But they like actually were how you could build a five-player map in TI three. They just have never done that in TI four. 
Um, so because of that, because it feeling like an only half homebrew thing, that was like the one thing I was willing to do. Like, okay, if you want to play this on your physical copy of TI, the only thing you need to do is print off some hyperlanes. I have seen other three player maps where you have to like make up new wormhole tokens and like they just do all this crazy stuff where it's like, well, now this is a completely homebrew map. So my two main goals were make sure every single objective is scorable, even if it's very difficult. Difficult is different than 100% impossible, right? Very low odds of getting an objective. You still have the chances to get the objective. So every objective is possible on Trident, despite 15 tiles being removed. And uh, you don't need any extra stuff besides a hyperlane, which you can do on a printed piece of paper. You just got to draw lines between the tiles. Like, you, you can do it with anything. Um, right. So... The only other thing then within that is obviously the same thing I always do with a map, which is make a make a map that feels balanced, where where one person doesn't just have way too much stuff. Um, so uh, the way that Trident actually turned out is like a hyper hyper aggressive map where more or less all of the money is in some equidistance. Uh, like the juiciest systems on Trident are in the equidistant uh, mm -hmm. tiles, and then everybody else has like kind of junk systems. You everybody only has. Well, I don't know. There's some balance stuff. I won't get into the whole makeup of it, but you have to get out there and punch each other to get stuff. I mean, it, right. it is an absolute bloodbath. I always refer to it as a pressure cooker. Um, so much of that stuff about like having a cuff, comfortable footprint in the on the map in third and three player goes right out the window with Trident uh, because you are just so close to everything. Uh, the biggest and most noteworthy issue with Trident that I don't think is an issue at all. It's it it adds to the wildness of it is there's only three tiles adjacent to Mechatol Rex, which also means that every tile adjacent to Mechatol Rex is adjacent to each other. Um, so like extra on Trident becomes this ridiculously good faction because you park like your flagship and a bunch of, uh, PDS on that tile adjacent to Mechatol and you literally have Mechatol surrounded with like a yeah. huge amount of PDS shots. It's kind of terrifying nuts. what you yeah. can get away with. Um, but, but yeah, I just, I, I wanted it to be a non cold war map for three players. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love it. Uh, I think what's crazy about it is that there's not really a lot of resources yeah, available, right? Um, which is, I think, perfect to kind of balance out the fact that everything else is beefed up so much. Why do you even need all this extra money? Right. right. Um, and and I think I think it helps uh, it feel like the game is more engaging and less slow. Yeah. Um, than it can feel, in, especially in the early game for three-player. It makes it um, a lot scrappier. Um, you're not yes. getting big stockpiles of cash, which means you're not pumping out a ton of units. I mean, nobody has a good amount of resources on this map. And so right. um, you you probably like you are encouraged to strike at your opponents early so that you can get some sort of resource advantage over them, you know? Yes. And those things carry very quickly. I think this map is very swingy. If you start to crush one player, they are definitely out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like that it does feel like positionally it's like tricky. So it's almost like because position stuff is so easy in regular three player, uh, you've put an anomaly basically right in everyone's slice yeah. that they have to deal with. Right. Um, and I think dealing with that kind of brings some of the challenge of like, oh, early game is about like figuring uh, these things out. Uh, and I like that in playing Trident, I feel like I get to use my brain in that way. But Matt, I just want to ask as a consumer, is there maybe some, like if I want to play Trident in real life, 
Um, is there maybe a player mat I could get a hold of <laughs> that? I'm just wondering that kind of has Trident like built into it. Yeah, I don't. We like, don't. I just you know what, know. Hunter? We are horrible business owners. <laughs> to be totally, yeah. we don't uh-huh. market ever, but we do. Space Cats, Peace Turtles has a player mat uh, that we made. Uh, with one of our friends who did all the artwork. Uh, you don't have to get it with the artwork because apparently that deeply offends some people. Uh, but Yeah, no, uh, you don't have to get it with the artwork. <laughs> <I'm> s- <laughs> but the map, uh, there, there are two versions of it available on Inked Gaming, and it, it is a map with pre-printed uh, warp zones, and the layout of the warp zones is set up for Trident. So you can do a four, three, or five-player map Um with warp zones in any configuration basically uh on on our playmat without printing uh off your own stuff or whatever without like making those extra components uh and the you know one of the complaints of the fantasy flight player mat is that the tile hexes are too big um like they're bigger than the the actual cardboard right. hexes it's like you have to let the hexes like have yeah. space and and unfortunately filter. ours kind of actually has that same issue uh it, it's what sucks about it is it, it is actually a matter of of the the printing um and like you have to print a little bit big because sometimes it the 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 stuff they're printing it on shrinks up so it's it is better than the alternative basically we uh, because there can be variations from printing to printing i don't know why i'm getting so technical right now but i think it's just an issue that comes up a lot uh we were encouraged by the people that make the player mat to go a little bit big uh because if sometimes it shrinks up on them we would then be in a situation where you would be mad that your player mat like basically isn't even usable because it's too small. Like now all of the stuff doesn't quite fit on it the right way. So having a tiny little gap between each tile uh, is better than the alternative. I agree. It's kind of annoying. And like, there are other people who are probably have way more control over the process on their player mat and like can really refine that. And that's great. Uh, We just kind of didn't, have that as an option so much uh so right, we, we right. lived with the downside of yeah there's a little bit of a gap between some of the the planets but at yeah. least then when you bump one tile the whole map doesn't explode <laughs> and get moved you just you bump one tile and oh it moved that one tile we're okay now matt i'm looking at it and it's got this like kind of crazy awesome like really good art on it um <laughs> that i think is like really good and it's actually making me laugh because it's like it's fun. funny and yeah. interesting um, but uh, can I not have that? You cannot have that. the art. We said we, we were kind of saying that before. So I'll, there's I'll, you, you. A lot of people have said that the art is so good that it'll distract you, so you won't look at it. Uh, so, <laughs> You'll be so, so you, distracted so you, by the art, you can't play Twilight Imperium yeah, anymore. Yeah. So so just just for the record, if you buy it without the art, we're assuming that's because you think the art is too good. Yeah, exactly. And you wouldn't you would end up just staring at the art all day and never getting around <laughs> to playing Twilight Imperium, which I believe is what people were saying online yes, before. Pretty much. They were definitely not saying that they didn't like the art. Yeah. That would be... I don't think anyone said that. I don't think anyone would say ever. that. Ever. Can I make the point of copyright infringement exists? <laughs> we can't put Twilight Imperium art on our stuff. Am I allowed <laughs> to say that? <laughs> Can we make that really abundantly clear? Uh, do we need to, to people that, that were like, I do, wish it was do, do the people, real art. I don't like your dumb do cartoons. People, okay, do think, that's not how laws work. <laughs> Sorry. People think that we could just like... 
just <laughs> copy and paste the yeah. the space we're cat already JPEG. in some legal middle ground because our like <laughs> some of them are very obviously they're not tracings but it's like he was definitely looking at the picture of the barony guy when he drew our barony guy there's some distinct right. well, differences but it's our, there. our barony guy is irish mm-hmm. um which is here let me check the original oh wait no they've always been irish huh. <laughs> so that is actually a direct copy that from, is actually if you direct, look at your barony um, Eleven player board is it is identical we need to get out of this goof. Uh, uh, where, yes, where, sir. <laughs> where are we headed? Uh, out of the goof. Out of the goof. Out of the goof. Out. Into the errata. Everybody out of this goof. <laughs> get, get everybody out of the goof right now. <laughs> um, it's errata time. Last week, we had uh, Dune, Benny Gesserit. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't really have any errata we necessarily wanted to include, except for we wanted to talk about that maybe... Um, maybe our feelings about Dune and the way the whole Dune thing worked mm-hmm. out will make us reevaluate Rex. Yeah. We've kind of all gotten a little curious about taking another look at Rex. Yeah, and I've seen this echoed on the Discord a lot. In fact, that's kind of why we're bringing it up is just so many people, we, we kind of got into a discussion about it. But I, what I would love to do, and maybe this is an episode we do down the road, maybe it's a stream, I don't know. I think we're definitely going to play Rex. Maybe it's a movie. Soon. Maybe it's like a, a full-length <laughs> feature film of us playing Rex, uh-huh. you know? What I think, think we're going to play Rex soon because I want to see what they because the the whole issue we've had with gale force nine's dune is that it the rule book is a mess uh they didn't fix yeah. the messy rule book from old editions of dune and you know what did try to fix the messy the messy rule book of old editions of dune rex rex is the only like proper new edition of dune that has been seen well that's quite a thing to well say. i mean it's what i'm saying in, in the way of like refine and change and adapt sure like dune has Paring just been down. getting kind of reprintings like glorified reprintings for a while there there are definitely kind of slightly adjusted things in the new dune but nothing that really tries to shake it up because it's by the original designers and they they believe in their original design and i do too i mean there's there's thematic stuff that they're doing there that is important but Rex was the only attempt to like, okay, let's take all of these ideas, but like, let's actually put a completely new, fresh, po- ca- uh, bleh, fresh coat of paint on them. Jeez, that was a d- d- difficult sentence. Yeah, <laughs> and that map on Rex, what a map! Yeah, um, it's well, um, you know circles. what? Okay, people hate it. I don't hate the Rex map. It the is obviously uglier. on the map. It's obviously uglier, but I, I don't, I don't think the Dune map is anything to write home about. I I think I mean oh. the planet is cool, right? Like the being able to planet see that. Cool. But the Dune map is very hard to read. I mean, there's stuff on there that's like not even visually described. Like the whole thing of like what happens when the shield wall blows yeah, up, yeah, and the idea yeah, of right, like where Fremen right. can land and can't land. Like all of that stuff is not visually expressed, and it, it is quite annoying. Well, to me, I, I from an art perspective, at least it's a map. Yeah. Rex is not a map. I mean, it's that not. Is not. It's just a, a map. yeah. That's that's absolutely true. I I won't I won't back up the Rex map except for just the idea that like tracking where stuff was going to happen was easier. I mean, it's just like fall, sure. just count the numbers and that's where the stuff is going to happen. Um, but yeah. yeah, I I I mean, thematically, the the map is absolutely nothing. Um, and I don't know. I mean, Dune's great, but like I'm a I'm a Twilight Imperium boy. I like the TI factions. I I mean, obviously they're kind of slapping ti factions onto dune factions but i don't know i think for the most part they all work i mean the hakan get lots and lots of money 
uh, the X try get to do like political stuff. The the who is the Fremen on Soul Federation Rex. of Soul, and that's like they're they are hired by the Lazix to be the the, the militia for Mechatol Rex. This is back at this is the historical you know. Well, when then the who's the Emperor? Around. The Lazix. The Lazix. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I don't know. It's interesting. It's a different. You have to break. You have to separate yourself from the Dune theming because story-wise, there are different things at play. But mechanically, I think everything makes more or less sense. Um, I, I dig it. Anyways, we haven't even actually played Rex. We're kind of just talking out of our butts right now. But I, I definitely want to do well, some we Rex yeah, stuff. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll play. We'll, we'll, play. <laughs> we'll get around to playing it after we play a million hours of Root. Yeah, a million hours of more Ti and a million hours of Oath. Yes. Um, all right. It's rundown time. It's rundown. Yep. Rundown. <laughs> uh, can it's I thank... It's time for the down run. <laughs> I want to thank uh, the Space Kitties and Weird Bears at the top. We always we have like an order of the rundown, and I want to break it. We've mm-hmm. been going... We have this outline that we're looking at, and we've been jumping around it all day, so now I'm like in the mood to just ruin our uh, Jump outline. it, baby. <laughs> Jump around. I want around. to thank our Weird Bears, Ponchadori, Fargonis, and T.G. Welch, and I want to thank our Space Kitties, Naderade, Patience is a Virtue, Umar, Polyphony Requiem, Julian, Rwise, Hippie Peace Turtles, Rekka, and Gazkio. Thank you all wow. so much for your support. That is a lot of Space New Kitties. New Kitties. Yeah, love it. God, I'm excited, so excited about getting that freaking, like the thing that is on yeah. my calendar that I cannot get off is finishing that pin, mm-hmm. okay? I am <laughs> so... That's my, I mean, I hate to be t- super mad about it because a lot of people are, are, uh, you know, this is a weird time because yeah. of uh, how hot outside it is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that it's just weird that it's also really hot in places where they make pins. Yeah, it's weird that's hot um, on the South Pole too. I don't get that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, enough of that. Um, uh, so a very exciting thing happened in the Galactic Council that I'll tell you about that I am super oh, yeah. stoked about. And I did not even realize this until I was hoping this would happen, but I did not know for sure that it would. Um, so we had our Galactic Council tie yep. um, for the for the episode for uh, next month. Yeah, the Senate was and split. I, and who do you call in yeah. when the Senate is split? I am the vice president <laughs> of Space Cats Peace Turtles. I think we've known that yes. for a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's like, what kind of vice president am I? Um, well, uh, I think, I like to think of myself as a Dick Cheney type, um, <laughs> oh, actually. God. A lot of people don't know. <laughs> I would rather don't know. not, please. You're Please. the you're the you're the lovable face, okay? You're the mission accomplished guy, but oh, no. I'm the one in the dark, no. you know, pulling the strings. I think I'm um, a Jimmy Carter. I'm I think I'm the Jimmy Carter of Twilight Imperium. I don't even know who Jimmy Carter's <laughs> who his VP was. VP was. I'll Google I it. You finished you finished the Galactic Council. Was it Walter Mondale? No, that was know. a different uh, it was. Uh, it was Walter Mondale. Uh, yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. I got. Good job, it. Hunter. You know your I, I'm, history. I'm, I'm a history boy. Um, <laughs> anyways, so Galactic Council was split fifty fifty, right on the dot. Seventy two people voted, and they could not reach a quorum. <laughs> um, their two choices were: uh, we talk about the data from the TI tournament, um, and then the other choice was we talk about experimental tech paths mm-hmm. for TI. Um, I think because of uh, it being tournament time in general, that this would just slot neatly. We're going to go with 
what did the data teach us this year? Um, focusing on all the tournament that we the blah, all the data we collected from the TI tournament yep. and kind of breaking that down. So it'll be a good kind of recap episode of everything that happened in the tournament this year. Yeah. Um, and I will say this because experimental tech paths did so well, it is definitely going to be in the first round of the net collect next galactic council poll it'll obviously be the front runner because that's yeah. what happens to the you know the person that lost the nomination sure. they'll be, probably be the front runner for the next one <laughs> although if you notice the democratic primary this year that's not quite how that happened sure. it happened a different way yeah. anyways not getting into that <laughs> not getting into that this isn't 538 too, too hot outside for that um we haven't talked about 538 on this show for a long time um yeah. we used to do that all the time anyways um so uh you'll have a new galactic council poll uh next week um but uh, as far as polling uh, this week, I have a new one for you for the Hunter Donaldson Fan Club. Uh, first round polling for uh, the game uh, that is actually going to be scheduled for um, After. A, a different Friday. Because of the tournament, I'm going to avoid my normal Friday, which is like third Fridays. I'll do the last Friday of April, which is April 24th. Uh, again, I generally start in the evening time around 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. But here are your choices for your first round for the Hunter Donaldson Fan Club. Um, first choice, uh, I play on the finals map from last year. Will you uh, do that's the, Twilight uh, Imperium. Will you also do the, the draft from last year? I think you yes, should. Yes, draft, draft and everything from yeah. last year. Yeah. I'll, I'll do, it'll be a flashback to last year's finals map, which I think is a great map, and I think it's a shame that we only got to play it one time. Yeah. Um, and then the next one uh, is themed based off this episode. Um, I'll play on the Trident map uh, on on stream with uh, two other players. That'd be fun. Um, this next one is a really funny idea I came up with um, where I play Root on Twitch um, by myself against difficult robots. So all the other <laughs> factions will be robots. Uh, and me and the chat will play together on a team as a team and try and beat the robots. Yeah. Uh, if you think that sounds like a cool idea... Uh, uh, come on, just get, so if you're cool. not even in the fan club, like please join the club just so you can <laughs> vote, vote on this on one. I awesome want this. Idea. This yeah. one is such a good idea. Um, <laughs> the next one is a uh, root, but I let the club pick everything. They pick what map we play on, what card deck we use, and my faction. That one is going to be a bunch of different straw polls. Yeah. Um, and then the last one, I always like to throw a goofy one on there for my goofies, for my goof friends. Um, I'll play the Final Fantasy VII remake. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure that will happen for you. On PlayStation Four. On PlayStation Four. Okay. Um, <laughs> Twitch and YouTube. Obviously, we've already we told you about the semis and finals games coming up, uh, but also be keeping an eye out for the semis games that are hitting YouTube. Uh, the first four are already all up, and I believe Hunter, you've got Game Five hitting in the next couple days, essentially. Uh, yeah. Game Game Five will be up uh, before the weekend. Yeah. Is the plan. Cool. So um, there you go. So you can find us on Apple Pad, on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, <laughs> Apple Podcasts. Uh, you should rate us there. Give us a uh, give us five stars and tell us about how much you uh, love Steve Martin and what is this band called? The Apple Bottom Jeans. That's my okay. All right. No, that is not it. Uh, here, uh, I'll, I'll give at Space Go Cats ahead. Pod is us on Twitter. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Space Cats Peace Turtles, uh, and you should use our Discord link in the episode description to join our Discord and come hang out with us and be a part of. Uh, the crazy conversations that go on during tournament season but then also you know we're getting into root there's special root channels uh, if you're not done with dune we have a special dune channel there's all kinds of stuff uh, but if you also want to get in on the episode discussion and talk about three-player games you can come do that on our discord yeah um so also uh, on itunes when you review us uh pl please we would love we'd love 
to have your five-star review um, and in the body uh, you can just type up uh, your your review of an album by uh, Steve Martin and the Steep Canyon Rangers. <laughs> Is that it? That was it. That was a that was a wonderful outro, Hunter. Very good. I am good at everything. All right, <laughs> gonna press stop because I did a good job and I'm a good boy. Thank you for listening to Space Cats Peace Turtles, and thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum. <laughs> I'm just, my work is done. Bing, ding, 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 Got any anything you want to add before I stop? No, I'm I'm ready to hit stop. <laughs> okay, wait, hold up, just one more moment. Uh, this was a fun episode, so I kind of just want to savor it for a minute. Ah, three players. It'd be funny if uh, right here at the end you had you tripled my voice. If oh, if we're still in the episode, I, there's n- I have no voice. way of knowing. What does it mean? Triple my voice. voice. So you take my voice and you kind of copy and paste it on itself. So like just, you you recognize that that's just turning it up. <laughs> Like no. to add it to itself no, 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 only no, no. increases you're, the volume. You're you want me to offset it slightly? Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> Finally, you get it. Okay. Finally, Finally well, you, you, you copy and paste it on top of itself, and then you kind of just like just to the left, and then the other one's just the right, just a little bit. Yeah. Just so create some audio poison for people to get annoyed with at the end of this episode. Yes. Tell Steve Martin. All right. Now I'm really. Yeah. I really am too. Okay.